to a Hope 103.2 podcast. In our tour of the wonderful New Testament book of James, we've arrived at the middle of chapter 4. In some ways, this is the heart of the letter. Having said so much about the allure of wealth and the breakdown of relationships among those in his audience, James now pleads with them to return to God. If you have a Bible handy, fantastic. Please open to James chapter 4, verse 7. Otherwise, just listen in to these challenging words. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. As I said, this is the central paragraph of the letter. Here, James doesn't develop a new theme as such. Instead, he stops and pleads us to take stock of everything he's been saying so far and to make a decision to serve God and one another. The words, submit yourselves then to God, are a heading over all that follows. True submission to God, then, involves all of the things listed by James. So, it involves resisting the devil. That is, rejecting the devil's perversion of God's ways. Remember, the devil isn't just seen in the occult. He's seen also, and perhaps especially, in a lifestyle that values the dollar more than our neighbour. Resist the devil, says James, and he will flee. Submitting to God also involves drawing near to him, James says. Now, what James asks of us is not some lefty rejection of the habits of the rich. It's actually a personal move toward God himself, allowing him to have his way in us. Next, submitting to God also involves washing our hands and purifying our hearts, verse 8. This is classic Old Testament language for the repentance that leads to God's cleansing and mercy. James isn't just trying to shock us in all of this. He wants us to find the fullness of God's forgiveness. Finally, submitting to God will often involve a godly sorrow for our wrongdoing. He says, Grieve, mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Actually, Jesus said something very similar to this in Luke chapter 6. Then comes the wonderful promise of verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Those who submit themselves to God, who humble themselves before him, will be granted a high place in God's eyes. While it's true that some in James's audience had pursued wealth at the expense of relationships, he wants to remind them that God stands ready to cleanse the impure, to forgive the sinner, to lift up the humble. Well, how should we respond today to this powerful call to repentance? Some of us, I expect, should read this passage simply as a reminder never to make the mistake of pursuing wealth and pleasure at the expense of relationships. We are to remain humble before the Lord and to continue resisting the devilish features of our world. 
Others, I suspect, need to do more than just remember these lessons. Some of us may look back on the last week or month or year and realize that we've really lost biblical focus. We've concentrated on work or the renovation or the wardrobe or the investments instead of what really matters to the Lord, our relationships with our spouse, children, friends, church, and ultimately God. If that's you, you'll need to feel James's words a little more forcefully. In whatever way is appropriate to your situation, please draw near to God. Purify your heart. Of course, it's entirely possible that some of us need to hear James's words with precisely the force and consequence he originally intended. You may be living at a great distance from God. You're daily pursuing wealth and pleasure at the expense of relationships, relationships with people and with God. You're Christian in name only, but in action, you're what James calls a sinner. Anyone who remains in this state, says James, will find that God himself opposes them. James's plea, my plea, is that such people would turn back to the Lord and take hold of the grace he extends to the humble. Despite all the warnings and commands in the book of James, ultimately this is a letter of grace. It's not designed just to make us feel bad. It was written to highlight our errors so that we would cast ourselves not on our moral capabilities, which are few, but on the Lord's capacity for mercy, which is great. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's grace. John Newton is best remembered for his hymn, Amazing Grace. He knew more than most of us about the joy of undeserved forgiveness and the kindness of a God who welcomes home an old blasphemer, as he often referred to himself. Newton rejected the Christianity of his childhood and embarked on a life at sea and a lifestyle that took him very far from the God his mum had taught him about. The lure of wealth led to his involvement in the slave trade, where he captained ships trading in human misery. He was determined to be his own master. But there was a change, one of the most famous in history. A brush with death in a severe storm on board a slave ship awakened in him a desire to pray, something he hadn't done for years and years. He later described this as the hour I first believed, as the line in the song Amazing Grace says. Only slowly did this conversion take hold, and his growing distaste for the slave trade eventually became a total rejection of that practice. Later in life, he became a clergyman, a noted preacher, and of course, a hymn writer. He always recalled how far he had fallen, and just how gracious God had been to him. In humbling himself before the Lord, the Lord truly lifted him up. Let me read to you the words that are written on John Newton's gravestone. They remind us of the amazing grace of the Lord toward even the vilest sinner. Let me quote. John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was 
by the rich mercy of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long sought to destroy. This is the grace James wants us all to know about. As he says in chapter 4 verse 10, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Let's pray to this God of grace. Father, forgive me for the many ways in which I have not loved you with my whole heart or loved my neighbour as myself. Cleanse me from the past and in your grace lift me to your path of love for the sake of Jesus who gave himself for my sin. Amen. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.